Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Just know I'm I'm sobbing over here. <laughs> Just silently sobbing. <laughs> this is what Kimmy does to and people. you, Kimmy. <laughs> it's a three-way cry on a Tuesday morning. Oh, my goodness. This is your host, Kimmy Culp. Today's episode of A Little Wiser is a conversation I had with Zach Robidas and his wife, Marnie. I met Zach last year when he asked me to be a guest on his new podcast, The Pod Spotter. While he was the host and I was the guest, he was incredibly transparent and shared with me that his wife, Marnie, had recently been diagnosed with stage four breast cancer just five months after having their first baby. Last week, we released my guest appearance on Podspotter on our own feed. Listening to our conversation from a year ago made me think about Zach and his wife and where they might be in their journey now. I decided to ask him to be a guest on the show and check in. His reply to my email said, I would love to come on, but I do not think I can have this conversation without Marnie. Can she be a guest as well? And I am so glad that he did. There are many great takeaways in this conversation. The biggest message to me is what it means to love and love deeply. Here's today's episode of A Little Wiser with Marnie and Zach. All right, you guys, welcome to A Little Wiser. Thank you for having us. So good to talk to you again, Kimmy. (laughs) Yes. So if you are a loyal listener and listening in chronological order to All the Wiser, last week's episode, we shared myself being interviewed by Zach on his podcast, Podspotter, which if you have not listened to everyone now immediately, please subscribe. For sure, I'm the least funny person on Podspotter because basically you like the majority of the podcast that you profile, which is what the podcast is. You find podcasts and interview the hosts are super funny. So thank you for having somebody who occasionally <laughs> takes life seriously on your very funny podcast. No, it's I mean, we it's it's changed a lot since uh, your episode for sure. I mean, we just shared uh, the, re- the stories from the refugee experience last week and you know, we've had uh, people in the witness protection program. So it's, it's you know, it's, it's a mixed bag. It's all over the place. We have uh, the, the great panoply of the human experience on our podcast for sure. And it's very well done. So everybody, I hope you, you tune in. And I have not listened to those episodes. So um, I will be doing that on my walks this week. You know, you, you and I had that conversation during what I described as real deal quarantine when people literally weren't leaving their homes. And you were really vulnerable in the conversation. So Zach, can you share with me when we spoke last spring, what was happening in your life? Sure. Well, we had just launched the Pod Spotter. We'd, we'd just begun working on the Pod Spotter. We were about four episodes in. We had four recorded. And uh, my producer sent your podcast along. And it was all about, you know, stories of 
the human spirit overcoming adversity. And I was listening to your podcast at a moment in time when my wife had recently been misdiagnosed with mastitis. She was misdiagnosed as having mastitis, but it turned out to be uh, stage four metastatic breast cancer, IBC. Inflammatory. Inflammatory breast cancer. And I'm listening to your podcast and it's becoming painfully obvious that I am going to have to be open with you about what I'm dealing with um, in the same way that, you know, you are so open on your podcast about, you know, speaking your shame and just giving voice to the things that are troubling you and upsetting you to help you overcome whatever the adversity is in your life. And my wife and I are listening to your podcast and I'm getting so many little just, I, gosh, I'm going to get, I'm going to get guff for saying modalities because that's like, <laughs> I use it in the interview like nine or 10 times modalities, but I'm starting to just like steal all these little modalities of, you know, self-help and moments of inspiration from your show, all the wiser moments. And I'm sharing them with my wife and we're just like devouring your podcast yeah, and it becomes it. painfully obvious that like, oh, I'm going to have to like talk about my stuff with Kimmy. I can't just sort of sit back and um, just observe. I, I'm going to have to put myself into it. It's something that you do on your podcast. And it I've, we've done it now like 30 some episodes and it remains the one that people are like, just they've mm -hmm. responded to the most. They're just very thankful uh, that I was that honest and that open, you know, sharing with you and sharing uh, a little bit about mine and, and, and Marnie's journey. Okay. Everybody go back in time right? So the world is open as we know it, as we used to know it. Life is full. And Marnie, I'm going to set the stage. You are a brand new mom. You had just had your baby girl in December. It is early March. And as we all know, mm -hmm. that is when we all learned there was a global pandemic and life would change quickly for all of us. So you're a brand new mom. You guys are in New York. What happens in March? So what happens is March in, is that my OBGYN finally orders that I need to go and get an ultrasound and mammogram because what I believe is a clogged duct or maybe mastitis in my left breast is not going away. And so we had that appointment scheduled. And it also happened to be the week that Zach actually went out of town and I was solo parenting uh, for the mm. first time. And so right before he left, we went to have this appointment and it was kind of mayhem at the radiologist center to get this ultrasound and mammogram. And they told me that because I didn't have a pump, I could not get the mammogram, but I could get the ultrasound scan, even though I just breastfed my daughter in the car. So I, you know, resigned to the ultrasound scan and the radiologist in the appointment says, it looks like mastitis. It's acting like mastitis. I'm going to prescribe you antibiotics for mastitis. And that exact same night is actually when the first curfew was placed in New York City. We weren't allowed to go out after 8 p.m. And so that's what we did. We, we started a round of uh, antibiotics after that day. And the world shuts down, mm -hmm. you know, for everyone. <laughs> Zach has just launched his new endeavor. You have the new baby. Mm -hmm. You think you have mastitis. Things change for you. When do they change and what do you learn? So typically mastitis should resolve within 72 hours of antibiotics. I did three rounds of antibiotics because I had seen some change on the last day of the antibiotics. So I spent 30 days on antibiotics, trying, you know, a stronger one each time. 
And it wasn't until the mid-April when one one night at 4 a.m., I was sweating and I was in so much pain, I almost passed out trying to rock our baby down. And so I scheduled another ultrasound and mammogram because I just realized this is not okay. What's happening is not normal. Um, it's not right. It's not mastitis. And so the first week of May, I go back in for that ultrasound and mammogram. I bought that, I brought that pump and they see something, you know, fishy on the scan. And I'm told to come back two days later. It's some code, blah, 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 that I still don't remember because I blacked out <laughs> that I need to come back, that it looks like a very early stage of breast cancer. We come back in, I get a biopsy mammogram. And then that Friday, the doctor that I had been speaking to for breastfeeding for what I thought was, you know, mastitis, calls me after calling the radiologist center just to see, to get an idea for me because she knew I was nervous. And it is confirmed that it is breast cancer. And that was on May 8th. This all happened the first week of May. And then we discover two weeks later after going through, I think over eight to 10 different tests that it's not only breast cancer, it's... um stage four metastatic borderline triple negative inflammatory breast cancer. And what does that diagnosis mean? What is the prognosis for somebody who learns that that is in fact their diagnosis? Well, if you get that diagnosis, do not Google it. <laughs> That's what I have yeah. to say. I remember saying to our doctor over the phone, you know, I wasn't in any of the appointments for any yeah. of this. Marty's going to all these things alone and recording them. And so yeah. I'm listening to these playback and these words. Because you can't be there because of the pandemic, can't be there, right? Can't yeah. be there because of the yeah. pandemic, have the baby. You can't have any childcare, any help. You know, no, no. Uh, parents can be there. So I'm, you know, daddy duty. And then hearing kind of everything secondhand. And I remember when we finally were able to have the conversation with the doctor, all three of us over the phone, I'm sort of like, this all sounds terrible. What's the, <laughs> what's the worst part? Like, what is the most awful of this because we these were all new terms all new things mm -hmm. and you know she was like you know the unfortunate thing is that it is that it has spread that it is metastatic and yeah it had spread to my bones and that's commonly the first place cancer tends to go once it leaves the local area of the breast and the nodes that are under your armpit it tends to then spread to the bones first and I know you said it spreads, this type of cancer is incredibly aggressive. And I think it's important mm -hmm. to go back and remind everybody that had you been able to have both the ultrasound and the mammogram at your first appointment, you would have in fact caught this very aggressive cancer. I just want to highlight that for people. You know, Kimmy, this is like, this is what keeps me up sometimes on nights when I have trouble sleeping is I wonder about that a lot. And and actually the radiologist who correctly diagnosed me has remained my friend. And she she told me not to lose too much sleep over that because specifically inflammatory breast cancer is really hard. It doesn't always come up on mammograms either because it's in the skin and it's not accompanied by a lump commonly. There's not just a large mass or tumor to be able to see. So it's very hard to diagnose. And that's why it, it is commonly mastitis, especially because breast cancer in general is really uncommon in breastfeeding young pregnant women. So yes, you know, I think the mammogram, I think something would have come up, but it's not for sure. Mm -hmm. And that there's many women I've met who, who got that misdiagnosis with a mammogram. Kimmy, you asked about what are some of the takeaways and what we've learned from this experience. And really, just from my perspective, I watched Marnie, like a dog to bone, try to figure out what the heck was going on, why her daughter wasn't feeding, you know, constantly searching for the answer when she knew in her heart something wasn't right. She just kind of stayed on it, stayed on top of it, kept calling people, kept calling around at a time where the healthcare system wasn't like on its A game. 
you know, uh, everything was shutting down and it's not really come back a lot. You know, we're, you're hearing a lot of people are still getting like televisits and a lot of offices. Let's just do it over the phone. Let's just do it over the thing. And so we want to keep telling this story is that, you know, we just want people to be on it. I, I, I just want people to, you know, if they know in their hearts that something isn't right to just kind of. Well, I think as I promptly interrupted you, Zach, bad, no, bad host. I ramble. <laughs> <laughs> I have a podcast. I don't know if you heard, but yeah, I talk a lot. Totally big time. Yeah, um, yeah. So, you know, I, I actually walked with a friend whose father is an oncologist and he was been at some big telemedical conference and they were saying, and this is like the PSA moment, which is what you are saying is, and I realized I had done it. Everybody is putting off their annual checkups, their sort of yes. wellness checks, because we all, well, A, because the world is shut down, because you don't want to go into a doctor, for all of the reasons. And what they were saying is that projecting forward, once the world, the amount of patients they will see mm. that are far along in a cancer diagnosis, and they will have to say, you know, had you come in in March, mm. you know, mm. or, you oh, know, whatever man. date it may be. So this is, I, I'm so glad that we're sharing this because I honestly think yeah. if you have not done whatever it is, you know, your routine checkup that you need to do wherever you are in your stage of life, like book it now, do it. Yeah. And in regards to your, your prognosis question, um, mm. not avoiding it, just a lot of the numbers that are up there are dated. And there's medicine now that I'm being, you know, treated by that they didn't have even two years ago. So as much as I Googled it when I shouldn't have and saw the numbers, it's now become very clear to me through many of the survivors I met that you just kind of have to not live your life by those numbers because people are, are continually putting those numbers to shame. And so, and it just doesn't serve me to kind of live on this timeline or the possibility of this timeline that I can't control. So, so in regards to the prognosis, I, I, you know, our first doctor was kind enough to just be like, I always have hope. And she would not right. give me a number. She we asked, give me, we asked for, you asked yeah. for a number. You're like, what, how much time, yeah. how much time do I have? I'm a new mom. And she was like, we don't do that anymore. I always have hope. Yeah. 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 And thankfully all three oncologists that I've spoken to and that I've had on my teams said the same thing yeah. is that there is no timeline. We always have hope. Yeah, I love that. Or like, then what do we do now or something? And what did she say? She was like... She said, do what you love. I know, but that off pisses me off. (laughs) Because it's like, you know, when somebody's like, well, that's a great goal to do something in September. I'm like, don't talk to me like that. Don't you patronize me. That's not my timeline. My timeline is there's no issue. I'm here in September. I'm here in a year. I'm here in, you know, I'm walking my child to kindergarten first day. That was an original goalpost. We keep moving the goalpost. Now it's down the aisle. I just don't even acknowledge the goalpost anymore. (laughs) Zach, what was it like for you getting this information about your wife? How did you experience that as a husband who clearly is, you know, very deeply in love with his wife? Well, kind of, as I said before, like I have been kind of removed from the, you know, the medical side of it because I'm not in the rooms able to ask the questions that I want to ask. I I haven't been able to sit with her and hold her hand in these, uh, these meetings, all these meetings that she has to go to. And so my uh, dumb guy, dad brain is just like, okay, I got to be solid at home. I got to make sure we're provided for, got to keep cooking out these episodes for the podcast, make sure healthcare is in in shape. I got to make sure, you know, the, it was like a lot of wiping things down. You remember back in March (laughs) and April, like I set up like this. A lot of dry erase boards. Dry erase boards, a lot of just schematics and uh, (laughs) just like dumb, just like, you know, we had the 
sanitation section mm -hmm. in the in, in the aisle of like you know uh, sorry so in, in our hallways. In. So she came what in was because, on the dry erase board? Like like oh, paint a picture. you know goals, things to do, uh, things you know just my care team information. Yeah, a lot of that stuff. A lot yeah. of like phone numbers and uh, just to do stuff. There's so much the healthcare side of it. Just making sure all that's buttoned up. But then there's also just you know, the logistics of getting food in and out during a global pandemic. And so I was like, I just need to be solid on this stuff so that, you know, Marnie can take care of herself and, and fighting for her life. He came back with three bags, uh, fresh direct bags filled with canned goods. <laughs> Was, <laughs> the day that was, the, uh, the pandemic that went. was not just me though that was that a lot was of people so were going much. full survivalist mode but yeah the, i think we, if you ever come over kimmy we'll make a nice bean salad because uh i still have uh healthy fresh food for the cancer patient. we didn't know we didn't know what was happening <laughs> the zombies were taking over i needed yeah. canned goods marnie uh, eat out know. of the canned goods <laughs> yeah here's have some more lentils i don't know um, no, I, I get it. We were all there. So Marnie, what has been your treatment, you know, both medical and then I would say beyond that sort of emotionally, spiritually, how have you been treating the cancer and how have you been taking care of yourself? Totally. Yeah. I'm so into the whole body experience. I think you really can't just attack one area. It, it needs to be emotionally, mentally, physically, and medically. And we really, you know, the four to five months that it developed, I was sleeping four hours a night. I was giving half of my nutrients to my baby. We were eating like just frozen <laughs> bagels and like, you know, whatever it was, people brought. Yeah, whatever people baskets. brought. Yeah. And so as soon as I was diagnosed, uh, we've really been focusing on like a plant-based Mediterranean diet. As many whole foods and any, I have the cancer fighting cookbook that, um, a nutritionist friend recommended and living by that. I started having like shiitake mushrooms and mung beans because they're known for building up your immune system. I really, we just really went to town on like the whole diet. And then working out wise, I got back into like what I had been doing pre-baby, which is yoga almost every night. And then maybe some cardio here and there, meditating before bed and getting that back into like a daily routine. And then medically I've been, I was on two drugs for about six months. And then there was a small progression. So then I went on a, a new drug and now I've been on that. And we added one other one just to kind of really eviscerate what is left in hopes that we could get maybe a clear scan by the end of May, um, which is always the goal. No evidence of disease in my body. That is the goal. And it's it's extremely hard with any sort of metastatic cancer, but especially that that's borderline triple negative. So yeah. And we talk and Zach and I talked about it he really likes the word modalities. So, <laughs> well, he got Love it from it. you. Give it. Okay, <laughs> He's inspired by you. I'm going to do that. What little, are like, other words? What help me? In the transcript, right? You search in a word, it's going to highlight, like, yeah. we said modalities 17 yeah. times in 20 minutes. Yeah. In the um, word tree, um, that word is giant. So, modalities, it's one of the whys of mm. all the wiser is to learn and share lessons of how people get through really difficult times. So what have you guys learned? What are the takeaways, you know, for other people who are listening, who are going through something or maybe something on the horizon that they may have in their future? You know, the big thing for me, just observing it was after we sort of went, talked about it publicly, Marnie's community created a Facebook page called Marnie's Army and it was friends and family that uh, did various, you know, meal train organizing and some friends 
brought breast milk and some, you know, just some, some folks like decorated our front door. And it's a group of people dedicated to making sure my wife is happy and healthy and here. And it's an army of people that she has built up over the course of her entire lifetime by living selflessly, by living for other people and by prioritizing experiences and people and interaction over me, uh, being the, like the selfish one who, you know, uh, <laughs> values things and hoarding and canned goods. <laughs> you know, like the thing that I've been saying is like my big aha has been like you, we all are building our armies every day by how we live, by the choices that we make and the things that we do. And your numbers of that army will rise and fall on any given day based on how you live your life. And when your Kimmy Culp moment comes, for lack of a better word, I don't mean to, you know, make your name synonymous with these weird things. But uh, <laughs> when your Kimmy Culp moment comes, your, your, your army is unleashed. And it was just so um, inspiring to see just the diversity and the vastness of, you know, Marnie's army. Yeah, I feel like in regards to takeaways is that um, your community is everything. People mention time a lot and how you become aware of time, what's important and what to spend your time on. And so like, don't spend your time on nitpicking, like some of the little arguments or little fights or little things that we would nitpick about. We just don't anymore. Mm -hmm. And Toilet seat, yeah. yeah. You don't even get on me about it anymore. Well, I still do a, a little, little bit, little yeah. Bit. <laughs> but letting go of those things and, you know, everybody always says being present. And I have to say, it's actually been interestingly harder than I thought. I still get mad about little things. I still get competitive in games. And that's been a huge adjustment is like the duality that still exists inside myself. I wish I could say I was just this new Zen woke <laughs> person who's like, this is the only thing that matters now. Screw all this other stuff. But I'm not. Like, I'm still... I'm still so competitive in games. I'm still very ambitious in, in our career. You know, we're both performers and actors. And though the business has slowed down, like I still will get jealous of like a part or something and that I wanted to do, even though I have no hair and didn't have eyebrows for like the last five months. <laughs> and so I'd love to believe that like I could let all of that go. But no, I still I still care about the things that I cared about, you know, pre-diagnosis. And it's kind of finding that balance of like, when you get that sort of news you wait for something to tell you like, okay, now it's time to go back to normal. Mm -hmm. Okay, now you're in this place in treatment. So yes, you can start inviting these things back into your life. Like, you know, work on this project that you had started before diagnosis. Audition again, do these, you know, sort of things. And with metastatic stage four specifically, but also just cancer in general, you're never going to go back to that place. And that is something that I, that I have to daily remind myself of. That there's never going to be somebody or a place or moment in treatment that's going to make me feel the way that we felt before, because our life will never be the same. We will never have that, that normal. It's, you know, the term, the new normal, of course. And for me every day and for anybody else who's going through it, the sooner you can come to peace with that or find ways daily to come to peace with that, the happier you will be. Yeah. You know, what's your, your expectation quote? I can't remember that you kind of always... Expectation is the... The root of all uh, oh, yeah. heartache. The root of Shakespeare all... Shakespeare yeah. says that, oh, yeah. Oh, that's who... Oh, that fella. Right. <laughs> Zach, what have you learned about Marnie? Have you learned something new about her through <laughs> this last year? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, 
uh, sorry. I just admire her so much. You know, uh, she, um, anybody that has to deal with this, um, something like this, sh- you beat cancer every day you wake up, you know, I think for some reason in the news, you see, like, we talk about, you know, when people lose their battle with cancer, they've, oh, today they've lost their battle with cancer. And that's just, that's just one day that happened. But anybody fighting this, they beat it every day. They get themselves out of bed, you know, every day that she picks herself up and takes care of her child and cooks something for me and makes sure, you know, that, I, you know, her, her family is in order. She's, she's beating cancer. She, she's kicking cancer's ass right now and, and she's undefeated. And, and I just have so much admiration for her ability to just keep going. You know, this thing took her ability to breastfeed away and then it took away our ability to have another child and it took away her pancreas for crying out loud when she had a side effect, one of the medications. So now she's type one diabetes. And no matter what this thing has been throwing at her, she's just like, she's resilient. And uh, you just can't underestimate uh, the human ability to, like, just endure bullshit. And Marnie's got that in spades. Marnie, what have you learned about... Just know I'm, I'm sobbing over here. <laughs> just silently sobbing. That's um, well, all- what Kimmy does. This is what Kimmy does to and people. you, Kimmy. <laughs> it's a three-way cry on a Tuesday morning. Oh, my goodness. Um, Marnie, what have you learned about... Zach and your marriage and love in the past year? His dedication to us, his love for his family surpasses anything that I thought it ever could be. And I know, I know how hard it is for him to see me going through this stuff. And he's just been such a champ about it because if he falls apart, I fall apart. So we try our best to, you know, just find little moments where we're like, today's a cry day. Let's just hug each other and cry. And and he's just he's remarkable. I mean, he's he's my best friend and I and I love him so much and and I just am in awe and I a lot of people don't have the support system go, to go through this. Um and so the fact that I'm still able to feel loved and beautiful while my body falls apart in some ways every day is such a gift and that's not easy to give. I know it's hard for him to see me, you know, going through the diabetes, losing my hair, losing eyebrows. You know, breast cancer, inflammatory breast cancer is a, is a physical thing. There's a mark. You can see the rash. That's hard for him to look at. And the fact that we're still able to be together, to love each other, to flirt, to play with one another, to be intimate is such a gift. And it's helping me win this battle every day. I know that's not easy. This is like the most beautiful love story. <laughs> I don't, yeah. gosh, you guys. And I do have to say that even in when you sent me a test recording to make sure this would work, that you guys clearly make each other laugh a lot. <laughs> so there's intimacy, there is flirting, there is laughter and just um, yeah. such a deep commitment to one another. So I think, um, you know, as I shared, my goal was to get some takeaways and the obvious ones, right, were about the IBC awareness and mm-hmm. and routine screenings. But there's a lot of takeaways that you guys shared about, you know, what it means to show up in the world for mm-hmm. your spouse and, yeah. you know, Marnie's army. So thank you for that. I think you guys are both amazing. It goes without saying that I will be rooting you on and you will be in my prayers. And um, all those dreams you have, I, I deeply believe they will happen for you, Marnie. 
Well, thank you, Kimmy. Thank you for having us. And, and, and yeah. you know, we think you're amazing too. So and thanks for sharing the, the, the podcast. Uh, yes. Yeah. Everybody check out Podspotter. You you really are talented at what you do. And um, I'm happy to share it because I think our listeners will have fun and benefit from listening. Thanks, Kimmy. Thanks, thanks guys. Thank you for listening to my conversation with Zach and Marnie. I am grateful for their trust in allowing me to play a part in sharing their story and their ability to make me both laugh and cry in a 30-minute conversation. I'm going to include some links on IBC, inflammatory breast cancer, and encourage you to think about any annual checkups or screenings that you or your loved ones may have missed due to the past year of the pandemic. My call to action is this. Think about it and make those appointments now. As Zach shared, telemedicine is great, but there are some appointments that need to happen in person. I will also include a link to Zach's show, The Pod Spotter, which you can play in your car on the way to your doctor's appointment. Be well and take care of yourself and each other. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.